book of Matthew tonight, Matthew chapter number six. Thank you for the music. That was wonderful. And I've been working with them for some time, and so uh, they're finally coming around. Matthew chapter number 6 and uh, verse number 33. We'll read one verse here for our text, and then I'll reference several other places tonight. And uh, I want to be very practical. The Lord uh, put this, had this little outline, and the Lord put it on my heart as the week began to uh, come along. And a lot of what I know to preach, of course, the Lord gives me direction, but a lot of what I, what I know... What I'm supposed to preach is what's going on with you. And uh, if I get several people asking me the same question, uh, then let me know there might be some others in there. And so uh, I just want to be a, uh, this to be a reminder for us tonight. And I want us to be reminded how important the Bible is in our life. And we need the Word of God. We make life harder than it has to be because we don't follow the blueprint that God's given us. Life is difficult enough. Why would we make it harder by ignoring the instructions that God has given us? And we follow the Word of God. does not mean we, won't, we will be without burden. doesn't mean we'll be without difficulty. doesn't mean we'll be without affliction. But it'll, it does mean that uh, we'll have the help we need to get through it. There are some things we can't avoid. And so I want us to be helped tonight. I think I'll be very practical. And uh, I want us to uh, keep in mind Matthew chapter number 6 and verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Uh, seek ye first... Not last, not second, not if I get around to it, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let me stop right there. There's a, this will tie in with the message tonight. There are a lot of Christians who complain about what God has or has not done for them, and they don't have God first. We have to be first. He has to be first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, okay? That is a command, isn't it? This is going to be like a Bible study tonight, so you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to get it uh, just on a Wednesday night, but tonight as well. So we seek Him first and His righteousness. That's a command. So if the verse ended there, you and I should do it, right? Okay, the verse doesn't end there, though. And all these things shall be added unto you. What are these things? If we were to take the time. Uh, to read the preceding uh, several verses, uh, you find uh, the questions of life and how are we going to have this and how am I going to have my needs met and, and how are all these wonders and cares of this world, how am I going to be able to provide these things? And Jesus says, in spite of everything that you got to have for yourself and everything you're worried about in life, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You and I worry about a lot of things that God says He'll just give us if we just put Him first. Now, this morning, I mentioned to you that I'm going to preach tonight on how to get what you want. You can have what you want. You can have what you need. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. God wants to give you the things that you need for your life and for your home and for your children and for your marriage and for you to have success. God wants you to have all of that. You can have it, but there's some things that you and I must do in order to get it. This verse is a good example that if we'll just obey God's command, He'll give it to us. I use this verse all the time when it comes to our young people, young adults. 
uh, all the things in life that we want. And where am I going to get a spouse? And how am I going to have my job? How am I going to have ministry? How am I going to have all these things? Just put God first, and he'll give it to you. Whenever we get that, it's, it's easy to get that backwards. Well, Pastor, there's nothing wrong with wanting a spouse. Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with wanting to know what, 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 what the job's going to be and taking care of my No. But God says, put me first. And then that'll give it to you. Sometimes, young people, you get, you get, you get uh, kind of confused or you get discouraged or you don't want to uh, believe it's just easy. It's like, well, I got to be looking. Okay, be looking, but keep God first. And God says, I'll give it to you. It's true in life. God wants to bless you and I. If God is, is a God who's rich in mercy and is willing to extend his hand of mercy to you and I, he wants to bless us as well. So how to get what you want. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in church, what you've already done today. Use the practicality of this message, but the importance of it. I believe this is an important message. I know it comes from you and your word, and, and, and certainly it's important to you. But Father, I've, I've lived long enough. I've got enough ministry experience that when we don't follow these things, we don't get what we say we want. And then may those we just say we want these things, may we just put the things in a place where you'll give them to us. And I pray that you'll use the message tonight to help your church, to help your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We would all say tonight there's certain things that we would like to get. And tonight I'm going to give you just, I'm going to mention just four areas. I could, I could do a list of 10 and 20 and go through because there's many areas. But tonight I've, I've settled on four that I want to mention. But there are things in life that are good things that we say we want. Tonight, I'm not talking about bad things. I'm not talking about when we let our flesh get in the way and we have those desires, but all the things that I think we would all say in this room, if we're honest, we would all say we want these things. Well, tonight, I'm going to show us from the Word of God that we can have these things that we want. We can have them. God will give them to us. But it's going to come down to how bad do we want what we say we want. Because in order to get what God says he'll give us, there are some things that he expects of us. Simply put tonight, if we follow this book, you will never go wrong. God will never lead you astray. When you and I go astray, it's when we don't follow this book. It's when we, we, don't, we haven't got in the book to know what we're supposed to do. And I'll touch on this later in the message, but that's why we must have the Word of God. That's why we must be under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God so that we know the things that we are supposed to do. But you can have what you want. Let me jump right into the message this evening and... I'll list four uh, specific things, and if you have time to turn to uh, these passages of Scripture before I get to them, uh, then do so. If not, just jot down uh, the reference tonight. Uh, but I hear this, Pastor, I'd like to have more faith. How many of you like to have more faith tonight? We get a measure of faith, but I'd like to have more faith. Because we know faith, without faith it is impossible to please God. Everybody in here has some faith, but everybody in here has a limit to their faith. But I want more faith. Uh, I think I've grown in my Christian life. I think I've grown in my faith. If I look back at my life, I can look at my faith now and say it's stronger than it's ever been. I've got more faith than I had 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but I want more faith. If we want more faith, say, Pastor, can I just will it to be done? No. 
It's a good thing, right? Absolutely, it's a good thing. We ought to be, want more faith. So how do we get more faith? You can't go down to Walmart or anywhere else and buy faith. I, as your pastor, cannot impart faith to you. You say, well, if I pray for it, will God just pour it into me? That's not how it works either. But God tells us how we have more faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, we are reminded from the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing... By the word of God. We hear what God has to say. We hear the truths of scripture. We have our faith built by the word of God. If you want more faith, there's only one way for you to get it. It's to hear the word of God. So when, a, when, a, when, you, when somebody says, well, when my faith is stronger, I'll get back in church, you'll never get your faith stronger. Because the only, you, you, know, you know who ought to be in church, people with weak faith? That covers all of us because our faith needs to be growing. How do we, Pastor, I wish I had, I had faith like you, or I wish I had faith like somebody else. Well, if you'll get under this book and you'll hear this book day in and day out, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school, Wednesday night, you're in the Word of God, you, you fill your heart and mind, your faith will grow. So if you want more faith, and everybody in here from the looks of it, raise your hands as you did. So we need to be under, we need to hear the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing. Well, I, I just, uh, I think that uh, this is how I get more faith. No, there's only one way to get it. The longer you are in this book. By the way, I, I believe that as you read the word of God for yourself and in your daily walk with him, the spirit of God teaches you, you're hearing the word of God. But I do believe that this is teaching that we need to be under the teaching of the Word of God. We need to hear it taught to us. So then faith coming by hearing. Are you hearing what God says? It will grow your faith. The Word of God will accomplish, accomplish more for your faith than all of the self-help books in the world put together. I love testimonies. I love hearing testimonies, and they can be inspiring, and they can be challenging, and God will use your testimony. God will use my testimony. God will use the testimony of his people. But nothing helps like the being under the hearing of the word of God. So how to have more faith? Hear the word. Hear the word. If you want, the longer you're faithful to the house of God, the longer you are in this book, the more your faith is going to grow. There is a connection to the strength of our faith based on how tied we are to the Word of God. Well, I think I, I, somebody who's not under the Word of God, a Christian who does not pick up the Bible and read it, your faith is not very strong. Now, we're all given a measure of faith, but it's not as strong as it could be. So we, we hear this, and, and I've been asked this specifically about faith many, many times. 
over the last several months, Pastor, I, I want my faith to grow. I want to have more faith. I want to, well, there's lots you can talk about that. You can exercise your faith and it'll strengthen and grow. But in order for it to grow, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want your faith to grow, you need to be in the house of God every time the church doors are open so you can hear it. You need to start your day. You need to finish your day with the word of God, hearing the word of God. So how do we have more faith? You hear the word. Uh, the second thing I'll, I'll mention, and so before I move on, so if you want more faith, you know what to do. So if your faith doesn't grow, is it because God's not speaking to you? Is it because God is not answering your prayer? If your faith's not growing, you need to analyze and be honest with your relationship to the Word of God. I don't know about you, but when I read this book, it does something for me. I have, I have courage. I have, I have conviction. I have, I have motivation. I have inspiration. I, have, I believe that God is going to come through, and I know that God is working on something in my heart, and whether it be in my own heart personally or for my family or as the pastor to lead the church, I, I, I set aside periods of time where I just get in the Word of God. I'm not just looking for a series of messages. I need my faith to be strengthened. I need my faith to grow. That can only come from the Word of God. So if you want your faith to grow, it's the book. Number two, how many of you tonight would like to have more love in your heart? I think we all would. How many would like to have a life of joy? Would you like to have just joy? You see those people, they just, no matter what happens, they seem happy. Well, that's just their personality. Maybe more than that. Well, we live in a world of turmoil, don't we? Pastor, I just, I've heard this. Pastor, I just want to have peace in my life. I want to have peace in my marriage. I want to have peace in my home. I just want to have peace that I'm doing the right thing and knowing I'm going in the wrong direction. You can't have that. Let me refer you to Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 16. While you're turning there, do you think God wants you to love more? You think God wants you to love the unlovable? You think God wants you to love your enemies? You think God wants you to have joy? God don't want you to be miserable. God didn't save you to be miserable. He wants you to have joy. Do you think God wants you to have peace in your life? Absolutely he does. In Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We'll not take time to read, but if we were to continue reading, we, we, we see the relationship between the flesh and the spirit, and they're always at conflict with one another. And if I walk in the flesh, I'm not walking in the spirit. If I walk in the spirit, I'm going to not walk in the flesh. So how do I walk in the Spirit? You yield yourself to the Spirit of God. It all starts back with your relationship with this book. And then I yield myself to what this book says. I yield myself as, I, as, I, as I'm under the, the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. The Spirit of God begins to work in my life and work in my heart. And, and I may not always understand it, but I say, well, I need to follow that because in the Bible... Or the Spirit of God begins to change something inside of you and you, you yield yourself to what the Bible commands you to do. Hey, let's take church attendance. The Bible is very clear where we ought to be on Sunday. And it's not at a football stadium. 
The Bible is very clear. As the day appears, it gets closer to Christ's return. The Bible is very clear. There's so much more. We should be having more church, not canceling Sunday night service, not canceling Wednesday night Bible study. It's very clear. Well, I just don't think. It's, it's called yielding to the Spirit. There are things in our heart and life that we have to yield to. When we walk in the Spirit, what does that mean? That means today, I want to do everything I can do to do what that Bible tells me to do. The Bible tells me I'm to be in control of every thought, of every word, of every action. What would Christ do in this situation? Now, truth of the matter is, is it possible for you and I to hold every thought in captivity? But if I try, I could probably hold a lot more than if I don't. It's big business today to deal with anxiety and affliction and, and addiction and all of that. But if you have the Spirit of God, my Bible tells me, and some may not like this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. This is chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You, there's no excuse, Christian, for you having a temper that you cannot control. Now, you may have to yield it to the Spirit of God. But the fruit of walking in the Spirit, it, what it simply means is, is, is I'm not in charge. There are things that I would say, but I'm not in charge. The Holy Spirit's in charge. There are places I would go, but I'm not in charge. The Holy Spirit's in charge. There are, there are people that I would spend time with, but I'm not in charge. The Holy Spirit's in charge. There are things I would do, but I'm not in charge. The Holy Spirit's in charge. The problem is with you and I is we like to be in charge. We like to think that our mind, our thought process is on level with God's. Let's just be honest tonight. We live in a world that says, oh, can we love each other more? Not without the Spirit of God. We can't do it. Can I just have, can we just be happy? Man, can we just buy the world a Coke? I don't know. Whatever we got to do. Let's, can, we just, can we just be happy? That's the most response I've gotten from some of you in 10 years. We have this touchy-feely. Can we just, we can will it to be done. There are some things that can't be done without the Spirit of God. You can get along with your enemy. But only if the Spirit's in charge. You can't have joy. You can't have peace. You, you can be humble. You can be in control. But you've got to yield to the Spirit. Number three. Everybody okay? Pastor, I'd like to live a long life. How many of you like to live a little bit longer? Oh, okay. Those of you that aren't raising your hand right now, I'm worried about you. 
as I was going through that list a moment ago, is, is I'd like to say this, but I can't, and I'd like to do this. And I was like, man, I sound like, a, like I've been married for a while. I don't know. It's just all these things I want to do, I can't. Boy, I'd like to live a long life. Young people, you sit over there, and you're 14 and 15 and 16 and 17, and you look at the age of your parents and these others, and you say, I'm never going to live that long. They are old. And for some of you, your parents are old. For one of you, they're not. But for the rest of you, they are old. When you're that age, and even in your early 20s, you think you're going to live forever. Life comes quickly. It goes by quickly. And I can tell you tonight, I mean, we know this. Life's a vapor. It goes by fast. We know this. God is the giver of life, and God already knows the span of our life. There are some that will live a very, 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 very long life. There are others God has willed, God has planned for them to live a short life. But there are some who God has planned for them to live a long life, and they shorten it. You can live a long life if you honor your father and your mother. Ephesians chapter number 6 is still in the Bible. Verse 2 and 3. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. There are things that we can do outside of this point here that shorten our life. Sin will shorten your life. There might be somebody in here tonight, you've given years to sin, and there's consequences for that. God's mercy is still a real thing. God's grace is still a real thing. His love is never, is never ending. But sin, there's consequences of that. But you know, I believe that even in those situations, life can be extended if we follow what God says. Honor thy father and thy mother. Now, if we were to take time to read verse number one, which I didn't take time to read, it talks about children obeying. That's different than honoring. There comes a time, and I wrote about this in a book recently, that I still obey. You know, my dad sits right back there, and now he lives in, in, through a door on the other side of my house, and he doesn't come over every day and say, Son, you better get this and this and this 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 done. Go, it's time for you to go to bed. No, that's reversed. I come over and say, Dad, turn that television off. I told you to go to bed. Go to bed. You can imagine the response I get. That has nothing to do with honoring. You may be here tonight and I could take a whole message and I on purpose will do just a quick survey of each one of these things tonight and not take a whole message on each one of them. But, but you could, your mom and dad could be lost. Your mom and dad could have shirked their responsibilities, and you can still honor them. You can still honor them. And friend, if you had a mom and dad 
who loved you, kept a roof over your head, worked hard. Well, you ought to honor them. And if you have parents who brought you to church and you heard the gospel at a young age, you ought to honor them. And I want everybody to hear me, but I want especially the young people to hear me tonight. I believe with my whole heart, God means what he says. And I could take you to the grave of many people who I believe shortened their life because they dishonored their mother and father. I would never do it tonight, but I could, I could point to the, there, are, there are preachers who stand behind pulpits that their life will be shortened because of the dishonor to mom and dad or God is a liar. And those that have been taught the truth and those that have been, been given those things and, and you don't have to always agree with mom and dad and you may get to an age where you don't have to eat your broccoli uh, every night for dinner and you can pick your own bedtime and you can decide certain things but you better not dishonor mom and dad. God does not put a disclaimer in there that if they weren't perfect, you don't have to honor them. Matter of fact, God says, in their imperfection, you better honor them. Well, they, they didn't always do the right thing. Honor them anyway. There's no disclaimer there that I see that even if they were lost, you should dishonor them. You honor them by honoring God. You honor them by being the child you're supposed to be according to this book. You know, that we have a difference. We think, we think love is fellowship. If I don't fellowship with you, then I don't love you. That's not what love is. We also think honor is an agreement. I don't have to be in agreement to honor. And this didn't turn, I didn't intend for this to turn into this kind of a message. But on Mother's Day, you better tell your mom a happy Mother's Day. You better tell your daddy a happy Father's Day on Father's Day. You better show some gratitude. Why? Because why, there's a lot of people who say, I want to live a long time. Your actions aren't saying that. But if you want to live a long life, honor mom and dad. Honor them. Then number four, this is where I'm going to lose some of you. Pastor, when I stand before God, I'd like to be a good report of my life. I'd like for there to be a good accounting. When I, when I stand before you one day, I'd like for there to be those who said they lived the life they were supposed to live, and I want there to be a good reporting. Wouldn't you like to have a good reporting before your Savior? Let me tell you how to have a profitable report. Are you ready? Follow your pastor. I knew I'd lose a few of you. Hebrews chapter 13, a chapter that I'm afraid is cut out of many Bibles today. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, 
who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. We're going to read uh, verse number, uh, another verse in just a moment, but I want you to uh, see, be, be aware of something. I'm going to explain this verse of Scripture and uh, another one in just a moment, as soon as I get to uh, the, the Scripture here, uh, because it's, a lot of times it is, is misinterpreted. And I want to make sure that we have the understanding. It says, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Uh, Now, look down with me at verse number 17. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. It would do some Christians well to quit looking at the pastor as the adversary. And look at him as the ally. Because I believe the Bible is teaching that there's going to be a day where every... God set some things in place. He gave us his word. He gave us his spirit. He gave us his church. And in his plan, he put a shepherd, an under-shepherd, a pastor in that church. And the only time when the pastor is an adversary is when something's not lining up. Now, I teach this tonight because I don't know of any issues in here. But I just know there comes a time in, in, in the life of every Christian when those words, submit yourselves, is a conscious decision that a Christian has to make. And by the way, I can teach this because my whole life I've submitted myself to the pastor that God's given me. As a staff member, I submitted myself. It, 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 it's, it's something that if we want a good report... Now, let me take a few moments because I believe this is important. I teach this because the church is under attack as it's never been under attack. The office of the pastor is under attack by people who should know better. And the devil uses it because he knows what a help it will be. Let me tell you what I believe these scriptures are teaching. There's going to come a day then there, there will be an account given. I believe every church is going to give an account to whether they held to what God commanded them to be and do as a church. He commands them to be a holy church. The Emmanuel Baptist Church is going to give an account of whether or not we tolerated the things of this world or we let it creep in and corrupt us. We're going to give an account to our friends and our neighbors in our city of whether or not We spread that seed as we saw in Sunday school this morning. We're going to give an account. There will be an account given of the pastor. The pastor is going to give an account of every message he's ever preached. He's going to give an account of his personal life. He's going to give an account of his holiness. He's going to give an account of his prayer life. Friend, that's why as your pastor, I'm less afraid of you. I'm not not afraid, and and we've got great deacons. I'm not intimidated by the deacon board because I understand that one day I'm going to be held accountable for every decision that I make that affects this church. 
when somebody decides, well, I'm I'm leaving that church. Either I'm going to give an account or they're going to give an account. And it's going to start with the pastor. It's important. See, those that want to attack the office of the pastor, they leave this part out. That one day, without anybody else, it's that pastor and God. What am I going to give an account for? All those things I mentioned, but I'm going to give an account for every person who's part of this church. Every person. Did you pray for them? Did you love them? Did you care for them? Did you, did you preach what you were instructed to preach? Did you do it in your own power? Did you do it in the power of the Spirit of God? The pastor is going to give an account of every Christian. But also every Christian is going to give an account. What is he going to give an account of? Of his willingness to submit himself to God's plan. That's what every Christian is going to give an account of. Well, I, I, I didn't, he, was, he was older than me and I didn't like that. God's not going to care. Well, he's younger than me and I didn't like that. God's not going to care. Well, he was just a man. Yeah, God knows that. And that's not going to be an out. Well, in, in the case of us, I watched him grow up. You're welcome. But that, that's not going to give you an out. That's God's, I did not design that. I think I would, I would, I would, I could speak for every pastor. We didn't plan it this way. We didn't do it this way. It's God's plan. And I'm going to give an account as your pastor. The Bible teaches that I'm going to do that either with grief or with joy. And every Christian is going to submit himself to, is going to give an account of whether he submitted himself to God's plan. Now, I'm trying to teach you that I'm trying to help you to have a good report when you stand before God. How to have a good report. Notice the words rule over you. That does not mean, as some would construe it, that I'm concerned with every detail in your life. I'm not. I, there, there's so many things that, that I just I don't have time to be concerned about because uh, I'm not supposed to be concerned with it. But what it means is the pastor has been given the charge to lead the church. The, the, the idea that a committee runs the church will not be found in Scripture. It's not there. It means rule over you. Now, with that, notice in verse number 7, in verse number 17, the word remember them which have the rule. Notice that word rule. Sorry, notice the word remember. And then in verse 17, notice the word obey. This will help you if you'll let it. We are to remember or consider. I I will never demand of you that you follow me. In my 10 years, I don't know that anybody could ever come and make it an argument that I've ever demanded that. I've stated that as I follow this book, you ought to follow me. 
I'll never demand that you agree with me on everything. I'm not that naive to think that there's anything that all of us could agree on. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never expect that. I'll never ask you to agree with decisions I make, understand things we embark to do. I just ask you to consider a few things. I'll never ask you to, to, anyway, put, put yourself, I'll never ask you to even put yourself in my shoes. I just want you to consider some things. Because that's what that word remember means. Notice what it says again in verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you. Consider. Would you consider all that goes into the leadership of the pastor? Would you consider that? The hours of study. The hours of prayer. The sleepless nights. The weight of the responsibility you take what's going on in your life and your home. And then you multiply it. I'm just, I'm just, this is what God said. God said, if you want a good report, submit yourself to the, to, to, to the, to the pastor. Submit yourself as you're part of that church. And consider... The satanic attacks. This should be remembered before his leadership is disregarded. We, the pastor is not your adversary, he's your ally. He's the person who you can say, will you pray with me? I, I, I'm not saying this for you to feel sorry for me. I'm trying to get us to understand that one day we're all going to stand before God, but God's given us a plan for us all to have a good report. That good report doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we've done everything right. It just says, have you followed my plan? Would you consider these things before the leadership is disregarded? That word obey. We have a problem with that, don't we? Our nature just... It bristles at that. Obey then to have the rule over you. Let me tell you what that means. It means to obey the word as it is applied to our life. Because the Bible says in verse number 7, Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God. God designed it this way. The hearing of the word. Speaking unto you the word of God, you realize and you do that my responsibility is to spend all my time in, in studying the word of God in prayer. That's where the office of the deacon came in. That's where uh, uh, the, the, the different ways to serve in the church. You're to obey as I take this book and I apply it to your life. That's where the obedience comes in. I'm not walking here to say, okay, I'm, 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 I'm issuing this command that everybody is a Georgia Bulldog fan. All in favor? All opposed? We got a church split right there. 
that is not even my opinion that matters. But this is where some have a hard time. If it's in this book, and as your pastor, which by the way, I didn't drag you down the aisle and force you to join this church. If I take this book and say, this is what God says, do it. He's just overstepped his bounds. No, I'm fulfilling my responsibility. Now, if it's outside this book, I'll be the first to tell you. Let it go in one ear and out of the other. You don't have to do a thing. But as it's in this book and I say, God says, do it, it should be, yeah, I'm going to do that. That's what that means. One preacher of the last generation, I'm almost done. One preacher of the last generation put it like this. They have no authority, talking about the pastor, to lord over the people, but to lead them in the ways of God by informing and instructing them, explaining the word of God to them, and applying it to their several cases. They are not to make laws of their own, but to interpret the laws of God. Nor is their interpretation to be immediately received without examination. But the people must search the scriptures insofar as the instructors of their minister are according to that rule they ought to receive them. Not as the word of men, but as they are indeed the word of God that works effectually in those that believe. I think that's summed up pretty well. That is the responsibility of the people to, to study what is said. It said, okay, that lines up what God said. I'm to do that. And it's important for us to understand that if we want to have a good report, because I believe there's going to be, there's going to be as I give account, well, there's going to, I don't know exactly how it's going to be. I can just take what the scripture says. And oh, there'll be song, there'll be joy. Oh, let me tell you what they did for you. Let me tell you how they advanced the, the cause. Let me tell you what a joy as they served. Then there'll be some that just grieves because of what could have been or should have been. They watch for the souls of the people not to ensnare them, but to save them, to gain them. Not to themselves, but to Christ, to build them up in knowledge, faith, and holiness. They're to watch against everything that may be hurtful to the souls of men. Give them warning of dangerous errors of the devices of Satan, of approaching judgments. They are to watch for the all opportunities of helping the souls of men forward in the way to heaven. That's why if be very careful. In talking about honoring your mother and father, young people, be very careful of judging your mom and dad. You'll understand a lot more when you get to that position. Be very careful when it comes to the things of God and His church. See, this is why as a pastor, and, 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 and we, have a, we have a wonderful relationship as pastor and people, close relationship, and I want to keep that. Because I want us all to know the scriptural responsibility as the pastor I have and as the people you have. But be very careful 
in, and this is an easy thing that's said without you thinking, well, well, well pastor's just trying to control it. Pastor just wants to do this. Understanding the role the pastor has, I don't know of a more hurtful thing that could be said. Because I've already said, if it's not this book and I apply it, you don't have to listen to it. But if I take this book and apply it, you're commanded to listen to it. Trying to make it all about man. No, you are. Trying to make it all about him. No, you are. You're making it about the messenger, not the messenger making it about the messenger. Because you can't argue against the message. They must give an account of how they discharge their duty and what has become of the souls committed to their trust, whether any have been lost through their neglect, whether any of them have been brought in and built up under their ministry. If faithful ministers be not successful, the grief will be theirs, but the loss will be the people's. Faithful ministers have delivered their own souls, but a fruitless and faithless people's blood and ruin will be upon their own heads. Now you, can, you and I can have a good report, but we must follow that pattern. You know, I want us to grow. Aren't you thankful for the way we've grown this year? I don't know what pastors put. You know, you know who is creating more work for? All of us. But you know, my prayer list is growing. My responsibility, and I, I'm hoping in the next few weeks, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention some things where it's, I'm, I'm clearing out my responsibility and my schedule and the things that I have my hands in, because I know. One day I'm not going to be judged by God for anything other than as the pastor of this church. Did my time, did my effort, did, did I fulfill the responsibility? And you know how you have a good report? Well, God, you led me to that church, and that's, that's the man you had there. And I listened to what he said, and it lined up with what you said. And I listened. And one day we can stand before God and both give account with joy and not with grief. I know that when I stand before God, there'll be some regret. I'm not a perfect man. But I, I want to give an account with joy. I'd rather being popular in this day I live in now because I was willing to take his word and say, obey it, obey it, obey it, obey it. What, 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 he just, obey it. I would rather, it's like Paul said, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? But you could give an account you, 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 you depend, oh boy, you depend on my success one day and I stand before God. We can have what we want. I spent some time on this one because I know it's important. But if you want more faith, hear the word. If you want to have more love in your life, joy, peace, walk in the Spirit. Young people, I want you to have a long, prosperous, 
blessed life. Honor your mother and father. The commandment with promise. I want you to have a good report one day. I want you to have a good report. If you and I fulfill our responsibility, we both can have a good report when we stand before God one day. Because if you study this out, and I'm praying, as I mentioned earlier, Wednesday night, we should be able to get through by the end of the year through the book of people of Proverbs. I'm leaning towards teaching on the church, what the Bible teaches on the church in the new year. But we have a responsibility to fulfill what God has established in this world through the church. Hey, friend, you can have what you want. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, you can have all the things in life that are good that you want, but you can save a lot of energy and a lot of frustration when, when you just turn to God and say, God, I'm just going to focus on you, and I'll let you add these things to me. I have one simple statement I wrote down for a conclusion. You can have what you want. Are you willing to do what is necessary to have it? I can think back to my time as a child, not that long ago. And I knew that there were certain things and certain privileges I could have if I did what I was, was expected of me. And there were times, and I'm a little bit of a thinker, there were times when I would think, you know, I'm going to go ask my mom for this, or I'm going to go ask my dad for this. Or I'm gonna, and I'm thinking, you know, I know what she's going to say. Well, why in that room going? I'm going to be like, no, that's my brother. That's not me. Well, why? Because I knew that there were things that I needed to have done and be willing to do. It's like sports. Everybody wants to play, but not everybody wants to practice. Uh, well, that determines how much you play. Everybody, the end of the year, that end of the year award ceremony, highest GPA. Some of them are out of that the first week, but that, high, that highest GPA. Of course, they got it. Well, you know, you got to crack your book open between, you know, August and May to have a shot at that. Uh, well, they, they had... You know, they had perfect attendance. I, I don't want to break anybody's heart, but the day I discovered that perfect attendance wasn't worth being there every day, I mean, that was a good day in my life. <laughs> that certificate compared to vacation days, I mean, hey, sorry for the roach, but, you know, it was a good day in my life when I discovered that. See, that's one of those things that's not Bible. You don't have to go home and say, Pastor said, I have to skip. No, 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 that's not Bible. That's not Bible. Hey, you, you can have what you want. But let's be willing to do what is necessary to have it. This is just a simple, simple message. The Lord, it's a little outline I've had on the corner of my desk for some time. The Lord uh, brought it to the forefront. Hey, we can, we can have what we want. You want more faith? You can have it. You want joy? You can have it. 
You want a Christ-honoring marriage? You can have it. You want your children to grow up and have things that you did not have and the things of God? You can have that. But we've got to make sure our priorities are where they need to be in our understanding. I promise you some of the things I've taught tonight, there are people who've been in church for 20, 25 years and have never been taught it. Well, we have a responsibility to the Word of God. Let's, let's let it work in our heart, work in our life. Father, take the Word tonight. Use it.